It's story time by a famous Asian American author, Amy Tan. Chapter Five. When I was sure everyone was asleep, I got up as quietly as a tiger, careful not to wake Ama. First, I walked to the rail and looked at the lake. It was crowded with boats, rowboats, paddle boats, sailboats, fishing boats, small boats with only an oil-coated umbrella for a roof. And big floating tea houses, just like ours. Then I wandered along the boat. I sneaked past the kitchen, where I had seen the scary man with a cleaver, and was suddenly somewhere I had never been. At the back of the boat, a man was feeding skinny sticks of wood into a small chimney pot stove. A toothless woman was chopping vegetables, and two rough-looking boys were squatting by the boat's edge. The bigger boy removed a large, squawking, long-necked bird from a bamboo cage. The smaller boy dove into the water and swam to a raft made of hollow reeds. Then the bigger boy threw the bird over the side. It swooped with a flurry of wings, then landed on the surface of the shiny water below. I walked to the boat's edge just in time to see the bird dive under the water and disappear. In a few seconds, the bird popped back up, and its long beak was a fish still struggling to get away. Before the bird could swallow its catch, the boy on the raft grabbed the fish out of its beak, then threw it up to the boy on the boat, who tossed it into a wooden pail. They did this over and over, and each time I clapped my hands. How I wish I could be one of those boys! And then I turned around and discovered more interesting things. The toothless woman was now dipping her hands into a bucket filled with eels. I came closer and saw that they looked like black snakes. The woman picked up a long, wiggly one, and with a sharp, thin knife, sliced it from end to end and threw it back into the bucket. I came even closer. The water had turned red. The old woman laughed and said, "Tasty soup for your dinner tonight." And then her hands became busy again. Wish, 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 walk, walk, walk. Fish scales flew into the air like shards of glass. Ducks squawked and their feathers floated in front of my eyes like clouds. Buckets of water were thrown on the deck to wash the fishy smells away. Finally, the woman was done. She stood up on creaky legs, carried some baskets of vegetables into the kitchen, and left me alone. It was not until then that I noticed my new clothes were covered with spots of eel blood, flecks of fish scales, bits of feather, and mud. And then I heard Amma's voice, "Yingying, where are you?" What a strange mind I had! I quickly dipped my hands into the bucket of eels. I smeared the mess on my sleeves, on the front of my pants, and the rest of my jacket. This is what I truly thought. I could cover the dirty spots by painting all my clothes crimson red, and if I stood perfectly still, no one would notice this change.
That is how Alma found me, covered with ill blood. How she screamed! She ran over to see what pieces of my body were missing, what leaky holes I had sprung, and after she inspected my ears and nose, counted my fingers and toes, she yanked off my jacket and pulled off my pants, scolding me in a trembling voice. Your mother will be glad to wash her hands of both of us. She was angry, but I also think she was scared. You see, she was responsible for me, and when I got into trouble, Ama got into bigger trouble. Your mother will banish us to Kunming," said Ama in a sad voice. And when she said that, I was glad. I heard that Kunming was a wild place surrounded by a stone forest, ruled by laughing monkeys. When can I go? I asked. Ama's mouth dropped open, so shocked to hear me say such a thing. She left me standing in my cotton undergarments, pouting at the back of the boat because I refused to say I was sorry. End of chapter. Chapter Six. Evening came. The sky darkened and the water turned black. I was still sitting at the back of the boat, watching red lantern lights glowing all over the lake. I heard the sounds of happy people at the front of the boat, eager for the banquet to begin. I wished I could be there. I looked at the water below my bare feet, and I saw my reflection. My legs, my pouting face, my hand, waving one of the dirty tiger slippers, and the dark, shining water. I saw the full moon rising above my head—a moon so warm and big it looked like the sun. The moon lady I had almost forgotten. I turned around to find her, so I could tell her my secret wish. But right at that moment, pock, pock, pock. Firecrackers exploded. I lost my balance and, with my tiger slippers still in my hand, fell into the water. The water was cool at first, and I was not frightened. I called for Ama, knowing she always came when I shouted for her. And then I began to choke, and water swam up my nose, into my throat and eyes. Ama, I tried to cry again, and I was very angry that she did not come right away. And then I felt a dark, sharp-shaped brush against my leg. I was sure it was a swimming snake. It wrapped around me and squeezed my body like a sponge, then tossed me high into the air. I fell into a rope net filled with wriggling fish. Water gushed out of my throat, and now I was wailing, grabbing for my soggy slippers. When I could finally open my eyes, I saw a large shadow. Another shadow was climbing into the boat. It turned out to be a fisherman dripping wet. Is it too small? Shall we throw this little fish back? The man laughed out loud. Even though it was warm at night, I began to shiver, too scared to cry. Stop now," said the other shadow, a woman. "You frighten her." She turned to me and said in a gentle voice, "Don't be afraid." Are you from another fishing boat? Which one? Point. I looked out on the lake. My heart was beating fast. I wanted so much to find my family, but instead I saw rowboats and paddle boats, sailboats and fishing boats like the one I was in, with a long bow and a small house in the middle. And then at last I saw it there. I said, 
pointed at the floating tea house filled with laughing people and swaying lanterns. There, there, and I began to cry. Now, impatient to reach my family, the fishing boat glided swiftly over to the tea boat, tea house boat. Hey, the fisherman called up to the boat. Have you lost a little girl, a girl who fell into the water? I heard some shouts from the floating tea house. I strained to see the faces of Mama, Papa, Ama. People crowded to one side to look at us. They were leaning over, pointing at our boat, laughing with red faces and loud voices. A little girl pushed her way through some legs. That's not me! She cried. I'm here. I didn't fall in the water. The people on the boat roared with more laughter, then turned away. Little Miss said, "The fisherman said, fisherwoman sadly as we glided away, 'You were mistaken.' I began to shiver again. I had seen no one who cared that I was missing. The f- The farther we glided away, the bigger the world became, and now I felt I was lost forever. The fisherwoman stared at me. My braids were falling down. My undergarments were wet and dirty. What shall we do? She asked. No one to claim her. Maybe she is a beggar girl, said the man. Look at her clothes. She is one of those children who ride the flimsy rafts to beg for money. I was filled with terror. Maybe this was true. I had turned into a poor beggar girl, lost without my family. Aunt, don't you have eyes? The woman said crossly. Look at her skin, too pale, and her feet. The bottoms are soft. This is the kind of girl who's worn shoes all her life. I was so happy to hear this, and then I remembered the soggy slipper in my hand. I showed it to the man and woman. Ayah said the woman, staring at the yellow and black lump in her hand. You're somebody's lost treasure, that's for certain. Put her on the shore, then said the man. If she truly has a family that wants her bag, that's where they will look for her. When we reached the dock, the man lifted me out of the boat. Be careful next time, the woman called. On the dock, with the bright moon behind me, I once again saw my shadow. It was shorter this time, shrunken and wild-looking. We ran together over to some bushes along a walkway and hid. I could hear frogs and crickets, and then flutes and tinkling cymbals, a gong and drums. From the bushes, I could see a crowd of people, and above them a stage holding up the moon. And then a man burst onto the stage and told the crowd. And now the moon lady will perform a shadow play and sing her sad song to you. The moon lady, and then I saw the shadow of a woman against the bright moon on the stage. She was combing her long hair, singing, "How sad is my fate to live on the moon while my husband lives on the sun." Each day and night we pass each other, never seeing one another except tonight, the night of the mid-autumn moon. She plucked her lute and sang more. My husband, the ma- master archer, shot down ten suns in the eastern sky. He saved the world and received a magic peach for his reward, the peach of everlasting life. The shadow of the moon lady rose up and opened a box. When my husband was away, she sang. I found his magic peach, and wishing I could live forever, I ate it in one swallow. The moon lady began to rise, then fly like a dragonfly with broken wings. He banished me from this earth and sent me to live on the moon. 
Why ah, why ah? The sad lute be- music began again, and now I saw the poor lady standing against the bright moon. Her hair was so long it swept the floor, wiping up her tears. And eternity had passed, for this was her fate: to stay lost on the moon, forever regretting her own selfish wishes. For woman is yin, she cried sadly. The darkness within. Where passions lie, and man is yang, bright truth lighting our minds. The stage went black. At the end of her tale, I was crying with the moon lady. I knew her feelings. In one quick moment, we had both become lost to the world, and neither of us could find our way back. Just then, the same young man came onto the stage and announced, "Attention, attention! And now, to thank you for coming, the moon lady has agreed to grant one secret wish to each person here." The crowd murmured with excitement. For a small donation, of course," he added, and everyone booed, and began to walk away. Nobody was listening except my shadow and me. I have a wish! I shouted and ran forward, waving my slipper. But the young man paid no attention to me, so I darted fast as a lizard behind the stage, the other side of the moon. And there I saw her, the moon lady, glowing with the light from a dozen lamps. She shook her long, shadowy hair. I have a wish, I whispered, but she did not hear me. And I was thinking fast, remember, all, remembering all my wishes from the entire day: to take off my hot clothes, to eat a rabbit mooncake by myself, to fly like a dragonfly, to be a carefree boy on a raft. I have a wish, I said again, this time a little louder. I walked closer to the moon lady, and I could see her face, the shrunken cheeks, a broad, oily nose, a large, glaring teeth, and red-stained eyes. And then her silk gown slipped off her shoulders as she wearily pulled off her long hair. Before the secret wish could fall from my lips, the moon lady looked at me and became a man. Hiya! When I saw who the moon lady really was, I ran. I ran past the stage and between the bushes. I ran down the pathway, dashing between people walking along the lakefront. I ran up a footbridge, and with the moon. Full moon over my back, I shouted what I knew was a true wish from my heart. I wished to be found, and now you see," said Nai Nai to her laughing granddaughters. "I did get my wish because I'm here today to tell you this story. I found them, Mama, Papa, my uncles and aunts, and Ama, waiting to me with, waving to me with my other tiger slipper, and that. And when I flew into their arms, they cried. We found you at last. We found you. Maggie, Lily, and June clapped their hands. Of course, I let them think that," said Nai Nai. But you see, I had already found myself. I found out what kind of tiger I really was, because I know. knew there were many kind. I now knew there were many kinds of wishes. Some that came from my stomach, some that were selfish, some that came from my heart, and I knew what the best wishes were. Those I could make come true might by myself. Can you think of a wish like that? Nai Nai asked. Maggie, Lily, and June looked at each other and smiled. They put their heads together and whispered among themselves. Then told Nai Nai their secret wish. 
Oh, what a good wish! Nai Nai said, a wish that becomes everyone's wish. And together, Maggie, Lily, and June took their grandmother outside to make their wish come true. They danced with their shadows, shouting and laughing by the light of the full moon. The end.